Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Phillies Focus Pod. On today's episode, we'll be going over some initial starts from position players out of the break. Second half expectations for Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto, and Trey Turner. And my official apology to Craig Kimbrell. And could the Phillies be targeting White Sox ace Dylan Cease as we approach the trade deadline? Injury updates and an official welcome to Philadelphia Phillies first round draft pick Aiden Miller. So without further ado, let's get this show started. Everyone was asked their favorite superheroes. You said Scooby-Doo. I, I didn't realize Scooby-Doo was a superhero. Can you kind of explain his superhero lore? I mean, well, first off, he's a dog, right? And he can talk. Fair enough. Okay. All right. So, a uh, good first series out of the break. Phils took three of four from San Diego to get it started. Um, yeah, Friday. Friday uh, wasn't a great start. Lost uh, eight to three. Not much to mention there. Just kind of looked sluggish. Gave up a lot of. Home runs to almost every uh, key Padres player, Machado, Homer, Soto, Tatis, and I think Bogarts. Um, I think all four of their their big bats homered on Friday, so uh, kind of disappointing way to start out, but then we did have the uh, the scheduled doubleheader. I don't really remember scheduled doubleheaders um, for a while. Uh, as long as I can remember, uh, it was always just a makeup game. That caused doubleheaders, but Major League Baseball scheduled some doubleheaders this year, and uh, one was Saturday, so we had that to look forward to, and um, it just went really well. I mean, it started off Johan Rojas, Phillies, one of Phillies' top prospects from Reading got called up, um, just one of the defen- best defensive center fielders in all of baseball. Um, the metrics would support that, in, in other words, um, coming up, so... Really started off with a bang in his first uh, first major league inning in center field. Just caught a, uh, a great um, tracking right uh, uh, in right center field. Just caught it right up, slamming against the wall, and then uh, turned around in a pirouette and just thro- fired a rocket to first base to double off the runner who was um, obviously not expecting it to be caught. So he was around second base. So amazing catch amazing assist just to start off his uh, major league career in game one on uh, Saturday so Phillies um, were down 4-3 in the eighth inning or I'm sorry they were down um, three to nothing in the game they were down they tied it 3-3 and then went down four to three on a Machado home run in the eighth inning Um, but then they uh, they scored three in the bottom of the eighth. They came back and uh, took the lead 6-4, in which they would win game one. Um, Kyle Schwarber also homered in game one. Um, so going into game two, they ended up uh, winning game two 9-4. Just bats really woke up on Saturday. Uh, six, six runs in game one, nine, nine runs game four for 15 on the day. Um, Kyle Schwarber homered again, so uh, first Philly since Reese Hoskins in 2018 to uh, homer in back in both doubleheader games. Um, so that was awesome to see them get the sweep. I don't, I wasn't able to look it up, but um, 
this was the first doubleheader sweep that I can remember dating back to the uh, the pandemic season. Um, they had, yeah, I don't remember them sweeping a doubleheader in a very long time. So it was awesome to get back on track after a disappointing start on Friday. And then um, and then Sunday was a huge game. So we, the, the game was postponed by three hours due to inclement weather, heart-heavy rain falling down. Um, so got off to a late start on Sunday. Uh, for the second straight day, they went down three to nothing. Um, they were down three to nothing in the fifth when Bryson Stott started off the scoring with a, a, a big home run to right field. Schwarber followed it in the sixth with uh, his third straight game with a home run. Um, and then it went to the tenth inning. Uh, they, they did blow a lead. Uh, Gregory Soto gave up two runs in the eighth inning that ended up tying at 5-5, in which it would go to the tenth inning. 5-5 five, five, and um with two uh, they were down six to five um with two outs and a man on in the bottom of the 10th when Bryce Harper finally got to face um Josh Hader uh who obviously a lot of controversy whether or not Hader should have been brought in in the eighth inning in game five of the NLCS when Robert Suarez gave up the home run to Harper that ultimately sent the Phillies to the World Series. So, um, yeah, a lot of people thought that Hader should have been brought in to face Harper, lefty-lefty. Um, so got finally got that match nine months later, and uh, and Harper still came through with a huge um, 0-1 line drive single um, to shallow center field that had no chance of being caught. So just a huge... Uh, Hit to extend the game to tie it at 6-6. And then Jeff Hoffman um, became one of only seven pitchers this year to throw multiple scoreless innings in the uh, in extra innings. Um, another uh, one of those guys was uh, Matt Strom did it as well. So the Phillies have two out of the seven extra innings scoreless uh, <coughs> inning pitch by relievers. Uh, so Jeff Hoffman was huge in the 11th, held them scoreless. Phillies couldn't get it done in the bottom of the 11th, so Hoffman came out and did it again in the top of the 12th. And finally, uh, Kyle Schwarber hit a sacrifice fly to left field um, in the 12th inning to win the game 7-6 to six and uh, win the series 3 out of 4 against what was a surging Padres team going into the break. So really, really good way to bounce back after Friday and come out of the break taking 3 of 4. Um Leaves the Phillies at 51 and 42, only a half game out of a wild card spot, only one game out of the first wild card spot, and um, yeah, the big series coming up with Milwaukee this week. By the by, the end of the night tonight, it is possible that the Phillies could uh, not only have the first wild card spot, but have the third best record in the National League. So. It's pretty mind blowing when you considering uh, when you consider all of the adversity that has gone on this season so far. So, a lot of good things happening. Um, I guess one thing that was, uh, I guess, not so great right out of the break. I mean, it's opening series, four games, but uh, Castellanos has come out uh, maybe a little bit of an all star game hangover. Um, he's one for sixteen in uh, since the all star break. Now he did get. Uh, the day off on Sunday, but he did come in to pinch hit in the uh, 11th inning, I believe it was. 
Um, <clears throat> but yeah, one for 16, so he's struggling. Hopefully he gets back on track versus Milwaukee, but uh, Milwaukee's got some of the best pitching in baseball, so uh, it's not going to be an easy task to right the ship against them. But um, in other news, uh, Bryce Harper will be debuting at first base after all the, the talk, all the reps, all the pregame grounders that he's been taking. Finally, uh, debuts. Um, not sure yet if it will be tonight, tomorrow, or Thursday, but Thompson did say he will be getting a start at first base in the series versus Milwaukee. So uh, that's very exciting. Get to see a lot more of uh, Philly's youngster, uh, Johan Rojas, in center field. So the defense will be um, a huge upgrade, getting Schwarber out of there and potentially Brandon Marsh for now in left field. And Johan Rojas, in, uh, due to Christian Pache's injury, um, timeline unknown. I'll get a little more to that later. <clears throat> um, so excited to see what Harper can do at first base. Let's see here. Um, he has some some uh, encouraging starts. Uh, both Turner, Schwarber, and Stott all had five hits over the weekend. Um, encouraging things moving in the right direction from Schwarber, as I mentioned earlier. Had three home runs. Uh, had a double. Went five for 18 against the Padres. Um, so it's very encouraging to see him hitting, swinging the bat well out of the break and. Um, yeah, we're going to need it. We're going to need a, a, a good turnaround from Schwarber in the second half, who was just nothing short of atrocious in the first half, um, all things considered, offensively and defensively. And, um, yeah, looking for more of the same from Bryce Harper, um, JT Real Muto, and Trey Turner. Um, Harper, Harper got his first home run in, what was it, um, I forget exactly how many plate appearances, but uh, it was going on 40 games since his last home run. And uh, so it was really encouraging to see that. Just belted it into the bullpen. Uh, did you guys see Craig Kimbrell actually barehand caught it, which was just, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. It's kind of cool, but <laughs> it was obviously a very stupid move for him to do um, for obvious reasons. And Harper said as much. He said he had a talk with him and, and everything. Um, but yeah, belted it belted it into the bullpen. So that was really encouraging to see him his uh, power stroke hopefully starting to return. Um, JT Real Muto hit his 11th home run over the weekend. Um, last two seasons, he's been uh, much stronger offensively in the second half of the season compared to the first. So hopefully that is a sign of things to come. And uh, and Trey Turner had five hits and two stolen bases over the weekend as well. Um, so we're going to need all of those guys, uh, their bats, to really carry us the second half. We, had, we have a guy like Brandon Marsh, who's second on the team in OPS, really carried them in the month of April and at various parts of the year. Um, Bryson Stott has been their best player at this point. Um, he's already at almost three uh, war. So he uh, offensively, defensively has been um, all that the Phillies could have asked him for this year and then some. Um, and, uh, and then their pitching staff and their bullpen has both stepped up at various times to keep this team afloat while our, uh, our big bats have been um, just – 
not uh, performing to standards so far. So we're going to need them to uh, to really step it up in the second half. Um, it's doing not to really, well, I guess, I guess, yeah, I shouldn't say not to pile on Trey Turner because that's what I'm about to do. Um, and deservedly so. He has uh, so much has been made about his contract, this and that. Um, just setting all of that aside, uh, it's just really head-scratching how um, – his career numbers are just so incredibly robust compared to what he, he has been doing for Philadelphia this season. Um, for instance, his current OPS is a, a measly 687 um, this so far this season. And since he's become a regular everyday player in 2019, um, his OPSs are as followed. Uh, 2019, it was 850. 2020 in the shortened season 982 um and then in 2021 um for when he was traded to the dodgers midseason so for the nationals first half 890 ops for the dodgers second half 950 i think he combined for uh 925 that season uh finished fifth in the mvp the year that Bryce Harper won it over Juan Soto uh, and Fernando Tatis. Um, so Turner uh, definitely put together legitimate MVP numbers in uh, in 2021. Um, <clears throat> and then last year, uh, 809 for the Dodgers, in which he was uh, finished 10th in MVP voting. Um, so, yeah, things just aren't cutting it. I mean, his strikeout percentage is by far a career high. And the eye test will tell you that with uh, just his inability to discern between um, balls and strikes so far this season and his constant swinging outside the zone. Um, so it's at 24.2%. Uh, so he's almost striking out one out of every four at-bats at this uh, point. Um, by far his career worst. He, his career average is 18%. Um Traditionally, usually strikes out around uh, 115 to 130 times, and he's already at over 100 this season with a whole second half left to play. Um, so that is probably the biggest thing that's going on is uh, his timing and his um, his judgment of balls inside outside the zone. His his career walk rate is pretty much on par with his. Uh, or I'm sorry, his season walk rate is pretty much on par so far with his uh, career walk rate. So that hasn't changed very much. It's just um, swinging at balls outside the zone, um, not getting his pitches to hit. Um, now, he is, has been getting a little bit unlucky, so that correlates a little bit in addition to his um, increase in strikeouts correlating to his drop in OPS, uh, his... Uh, streak of getting unlucky is correlating as well um so his career batting average on balls in play is uh 29 points higher than his season uh batting average on balls in play so when he actually makes contact so eliminate the things like um eliminate strikeouts from the equation when he's making contact and putting the ball in play he's batting 312 and his career average is 341. Um, so that should regress to the mean um, over the course of the season and certainly going forward. Now, the only thing that can translate to that actually um, 
being a, a sign of concern is his exit velocity is substantially down this season as well. So his hard hit rate is uh is dropping. So that's that's a little bit cause for concern. I mean that could be due to a timing issue and um you know lacking confidence in putting contact on the ball due to his uh increased whiffs and strikeouts this year. So a lot of variables there, but um really it does seem as simple as just uh getting his timing right and and uh and starting to uh better become a better judge of balls and strikes again like he historically has been so let's see like i said uh five hits over the weekend so um you know when but there's singles and stolen bases but yeah his uh slugging percentage is just so drastically down too i did i did the ops but the the uh, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, is, um, it's really head-scratching what's going on this year. So hopefully he gets out of his head and uh, starts to figure it out along with, um, like I said, Real Muto, Harper, and Schwarber. Because um, I, I, I do fear with the Cassiano start, the only reason I mentioned it is that I do fear it's a sign of things to come. There might have been uh, some unsustainability uh due to his hot start in the first half of the year leading to his all-star break. So he should drop down. Um, so we're going to need other guys to pick it up. Brandon Marsh, Castellanos, um, they're, they're, uh, they're going to fall back down to earth uh, compared to what they've been doing so far this year. So <clears throat> let's see. Oh, yeah, we uh, I got to give my apologies to Craig Kimbrell. I've been... Nothing short of a hater so far uh, this year on this podcast at Crimble. I was Kimbrel. I was not a fan whatsoever of the uh, the offseason signing. Um, you know, the Dodgers left him off their postseason roster. He just uh, he was really looking like he was starting to fade into um, irrelevancy. In in my opinion, after last year, um, so I was very critical of the signing. I wish they. I often had wished that they would have gave uh, the same contract just to re-sign David Robertson, but um, yeah, I uh, I gotta admit when I'm wrong, and this is definitely one of those times at this point. Um, really looks like a resurgence um, in his towards the end of his career. I mean, so many milestones have been reached uh, with the Phillies or in his career in this season with the Phillies already uh, to get to 400 saves. Um, also got to mention how cool it was for him to, uh, close out the all-star game, um, for Rob Thompson to be managing with the Philly staff. Uh, Castellanos had some big moments, um, that led to, uh, a walk that followed by a home run, which was the game winning home run in the ace. So Castellanos was a part of the go ahead scoring and then to bring Kimbrell in and shut it down against, uh, some of the best hitters in baseball uh four or five of the best hitters in baseball was just ice cold so that was really cool but um in terms of what he's really been doing this year has just been incredible um got off to that bad start when uh Thompson didn't want to overwork him in the opening series against Texas so he uh he did have to pull him with the bases loaded and brought Josh Harrison in at that point so it um his numbers are definitely have been inflated due to not um, being led to uh, get himself out of that jam and 
Thompson has even said as much too that he feels bad about that. But um, yeah, had a really bad series versus that, that horrible series versus the Dodgers in the beginning of May, um, where the whole team was just kind of falling apart at that point. But uh, Kimbrel gave up six runs in two games, and then the uh, the big walk off um, grand slam to Max Muncie was. Uh, Definitely the low point in Kimbrel's season so far. Um, but since then, that must have been a wake-up call for him because he's uh, that was May 3rd. And since May 3rd, in 27 appearances for Kimbrel, he, ha- he is 4-0. and He has an ERA of 1.00. Um, only three runs allowed uh, in 27 games since that grand slam. Um, he's 12 of 12 of save opportunities since then, 15 of 15 on the season. Um, he's 42 strikeouts in the 27 appearances to just seven walks. Um, he's the national league, uh, relief pitcher of the month, uh, for the month of June. Um, so it's 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 finally see, feeling like we have that lockdown guy at the end of the game that um has evaded us for since what Brad Lidge it feels like right I guess we had Papelbon for a little bit but those were not very fun years um so yeah it's a really nice comfort blanket to feel like we have a an automatic uh save if we can get it to the ninth with the lead so uh. My apologies to you, Craig Kimbrell. Uh, thank you for proving me wrong. Um, moving on, potential trade targets. So Dylan C seems like he might be. Uh, there might be a possibility of him being traded from Chicago. Um, Chicago is totally out of the race now. Uh, they're definitely shopping some many of their starting pitching. Um, so it does. There were earlier reports. John Heyman of MLB Network um, said that the White Sox had intended to keep Cease and build around him moving forward, um, which would make sense. He still has. Uh, he's under control for two more years through 2025. He's only 27, um, coming off uh, a career year last year where he finished second in the AL Cy Young to uh justin verlander um so it would be a little bit head scratching if they really uh were to let go of him at this point but at the same time his value might not ever be higher than it is right now as well um so they could sell high and uh and try to get a big haul in return um i was reading the astros are very interested so um (laughs) that would uh that would not be very fun if the astros got another ace to go up top there with uh Valdez and <clears throat> stupid Christian Javier and uh, rookie Hunter Brown and all those guys. Anyway, that's enough Astros talk for this podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, it. Uh, I've been saying for a little bit rather than the Phillies um, target a a um, a back in the end rotation guy like years past with obviously last year with Cindergard uh, who essentially became a glorified bullpen starter uh in the uh the playoffs and ultimately the world series um you know that hurt them in uh in game five at citizens bank park tied tied 2-2 in the series um Syndergaard couldn't get through three innings i don't believe that day or at least not into the fourth but um yeah so it rather than target a uh a back of the rotation starter you might as well just go all in right this team has world series we're not trying to make the playoffs anymore we're trying to win the world series so 
uh, back of the rotation guy isn't going to move the needle in terms of uh, getting to and winning the World Series. What's going to move the needle is a, a Cliff Lee type of acquisition, right? I mean, um, that's what happened in 2009. And uh, <clears throat> we got the former reigning AL Cy Young winner, and the uh, the rest was history. He became our ace, led us into the uh, the World Series, and the uh, the big Game 1 victory versus the Yankees, where he just dominated, um, as well as Game 5 as well. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I say we go all in. If Dylan Cease is available, now is the time. I've never been one to, haul the, to, to be a big fan of hauling the future on one acquisition, but... Um, yeah, if we could add Dylan Cease at the top, we, we'd have Wheeler, Cease, Nola, and Suarez. Uh, and then 11-game winner so far, Taiwan Walker, to, to round it out. Um, that would be phenomenal. I mean, we'd have to give up a lot. We'd have to give up, I'm guessing, uh, at the very least, Johan Rojas, um, probably Mick Abel, um, if not... Griff McGarry, and if not, uh, potentially both of them, which I would not do. If, if they needed Abel and McGarry, that would be too much in my my opinion. But you could do build a package around Mick Abel, Johan Rojas, um, potentially big outfielder slash first baseman at Reading this year, De La, Clu- De La Cruz, who uh, had a 40-game on base streak, 6'9". He's a big guy who's uh, really skyrocketed in the Phillies organizational rankings uh, this year. So um, could build a package around the three of them um, in addition to uh, maybe getting rid of, or we have plenty of bullpen depth, some young bullpen arms too that we could throw in there. So it's probably going to take at least three top prospects to acquire him due to his his youth and his club control for the foreseeable future. Um, he could also be, that could also be a potential replacement for um, Aaron Nola if Aaron Nola is not looking like he fits into the the future plans for this team. Um, and uh, it's, if it looks like we're not going to be signing him at the end of the year, well then Cease could go right at the top of the rotation then. Phil Nola's spot, um, we could build around Wheeler, Cease, um, Andrew Painter, Ranger Suarez. We got Walker for years now. So, um, yeah, I'm all in on going after Dylan Cease. Uh, I've been big on Adam Duvall. Red Sox have been playing really well and uh, got right inside the AL playoff pitcher as of now. So I don't think the Red Sox will be shopping Duvall, but who knows. Um so I would love to uh, just go all in on this rotation and and get a uh, get a uh, top of the line guy like Dylan Cease. Um, Corbin Burns has been rumored, but it looks like Milwaukee has a real good chance of winning their division now that Cincinnati's coming back down to earth. So I highly doubt Corbin Burns, who we will be seeing on Thursday, by the way, um, will be available this year. Um, so, yeah, I uh, would love to see Dylan Cease as a target. Some injury updates. Uh, speaking of Christian Pache earlier, um, he had to have surgery to remove a screw in his elbow that was placed in there from a previous injury that apparently started to protrude and cause a lot of issues. So he had to get that removed. Um, so it's kind of up in the air. It doesn't sound like it's super serious as far as maybe missing 
you know, more than a month uh, or so, but it's it's hard to really identify um, a timeline in, in terms of how long this will sideline him for. So I'll, uh, I'll keep tabs on that. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez threw a bullpen session on uh, July 14th before um, the Padres game, and uh, he said he felt good afterwards, and he is throwing a, uh, a live batting practice um, today, actually, so... Things are moving in the right directions for Sir Anthony. Um, Reese Hoskins, update on Hoskins. Uh, he ran on the outfield grass also on July 14th before the Padres game. Um, he said it was a milestone um, because he had been jogging, but nothing uh, remotely uh, at the pace that he ran at um, on this day uh, in the outfield. So, uh Hoskins is coming back. He's coming back. I said it in the beginning of the year that I didn't believe that his Phillies career was over in terms of this season, that is. Um, so we'll be seeing Hoskins in October, uh, no doubt, in my opinion. So exciting things happening there. Um, so we wrap up today. I do want to ta- touch base on another edition of Future Phillies Focus. And um, today it'll be on... Uh, Phillies fresh first round draft pick at 27 Aiden Miller um Aiden Miller has been a shortstop he is projected to move to third base um apparently is a has a lot of power uh, a lot of power from the right-handed side um he was ranked much higher uh previously than dropping to 27th in the draft but he fell down to a due to a broken bone in his left hand that um, caused him to miss almost all of his senior year in high school. Um, so he dropped due to that. The Phillies are not concerned um, of the long-term effects of the injury and what it will do to his power. Um, he was ranked sixth in the nation in position players, um, which is really cool. He's only, he just turned 19, um, and he's, uh, he's 6'2 and 205 pounds, again, with plus power, plus defender, um, was also a pitcher in high school through upwards of 94 uh, miles an hour. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the pick. Uh, we need to replenish our farm with power bats, which is, you know, something that is, is uh, really showing this year, a lack of power on this team from our younger guys. So, so welcome Aiden Miller to the Phillies organization. Look forward to uh, seeing you develop, him develop uh, throughout the next few years into hopefully a future third baseman for us. Um, so that'll do it uh, just about. We, so we got Milwaukee coming to town tonight. Aaron Nola versus uh, former Brave Julio Tehran. Um, he's a right-hander pitching really well for Milwaukee. Three six four ERA this season. Then tomorrow night, uh, got Christopher Sanchez back on the mound, still in search for his first win versus uh, lefty for the Brewers. So that that could be a tricky one. Wade Miley, who uh, pitching really well too, uh, 3-0-6 ERA. Thursday day game, we got an early one at the bank on Thursday, 12.35 p.m. Uh, Taiwan Walker looks to go for what would be his National League leading 12th win um, versus the aforementioned Corbin Burns, um, who has 115 strikeouts this year. So really tough series as far as Phillies bats going against really good pitching this uh, series. So hopefully they're able to pull out two out of three. That would be very nice. And then uh, we travel to Cleveland 
over the weekend, Friday through Sunday, to face the Guardians. Uh, night games Friday, Saturday, and afternoon game on Sunday to close out the week. So hopefully, when I'm back here next week talking to y'all, we are in the back in the wild card spot. Um, hopefully, we're up the totem pole, and um, like I said, by the end of the night, could be the third best record in the National League. So. As always, thank you for listening. Before sure to follow me on Twitter at Phillies Focus. Um, my name is Lucas, and uh, I'll be back next week. Y'all take care and go Phillies.